the, the key to it, obviously, is 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 finding the right players. But you know, you got to stay committed to them. But now, like you said, with social media, things have changed. So what what I've done is I got to be active in social media, so I can stay on top of them. who are the players out there. Because I'm going to get leads on players through social media. I'm going to see videos. Okay, but also I want to see what kids are posting on social media. I want to see how they act because those are things that are real important when you're evaluating a kid and you're going to give them a $60,000 scholarship to go to a place like USC. Um, so, so social media has changed everything. Live from Gil Silva Family Studio in Salinas, California, the salad bowl of the world. Welcome to the podcast designed to inspire the only one built with ganas. You're going to work harder than you ever worked before. And the only thing I ask from you is ganas, desire, haircut. If you don't have the ganas, I will give it to you because I'm an expert. From the founders of Gill Basketball Academy that empowers youth to play hard, work hard, study hard, and overcome obstacles. People can't do something themselves. They want to tell you you can't do it. You want something, go get it. Period. Real interviews with real people about real life. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. And now it's time for Ganas, leading from the heart. This episode was sponsored by Plaza Properties. Plaza Properties and Dan O'Brien have managed departments in Salinas since the 1980s. Plaza Properties believes in the mission of the Gill Basketball Academy and is proud to contribute to our podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Ganas, leading from the heart. I am Jose Gill, coach teacher, father, husband, and a lifelong believer in Ganas, which translates to desire. Today on the show, very special guest, uh, we go way back, um, Coach Bob Cantu. Coach, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. Uh, I really appreciate it. And to my right, co-host. Hi, my name is Richard Lees. I'm a freshman at UCLA. Welcome to the show, Coach. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And to my left, Second co-host. My name is Josue. I'm a college student at Stanford, and we're very excited to have Coach Kentu on with us today. I know he has a lot of great stuff to share. Um, so, Coach, let's let's get started. I was wondering, um, first of all, like you tell us a little bit, uh, the viewers a little more about yourself, uh, maybe about where you grew up, your journey as a, ba- a college basketball coach, and like where you started and where it's taking you to this day. Well, uh, yeah, it could be a long answer, but uh, I actually was born in Los Angeles uh, and grew up in a small town called Paso Robles. Moved up there. Uh, well, I was six years old and 13,000 people and uh, uh, was raised there, went to uh, Catholic school, St. Rose, uh, first to eighth grade, uh, you know, played basketball since I was four years old, went to Pastor Robles High School, uh, moved on and went to Cuesta Junior College, I went to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo and finished up at Chapman University and um you know, all through my time as a young kid, I just loved basketball. And my dream was always to be a high school coach and athletic director, never really uh, thinking that I could coach really beyond that level. Um, and uh, I was coaching. My first uh, job was eighth grade boys basketball, St. Rose School volunteer, and uh, did this as I was a senior in high school and uh, coached on the weekends and uh, just loved it and thought more and more 
about being serious about being a coach. Ended up coaching freshman basketball. Uh, then I did JV. And then I did assistant varsity. And uh, a friend of mine, Rob Hanner, uh, was a coach at a Royal Grande JV. And he said, you should write a letter to Jim Herrick at UCLA and go work his basketball camp. And I said, oh, well, I don't know him. You know, why would he write me back? And I don't know anything about that. I'm just this guy in Pastor Robles. So I write him a letter. He writes me back, handwritten. And he says, you're in the camp. Uh, contact Doug Erickson. And uh, you're in. And I thought, wow. So I go down there. I'm all nervous. I stay in the dorms. I work this camp. I'm 19 years old. And, uh, you know, I'm just a JV coach at uh, Mission Prep High School. And um, the first week of camp was over, a gentleman came up to me and said, excuse me, Bob, my name is uh, Craig Impleman. Uh, my son was in your t- on your team and had a great time, thought you did a good job. He said, I married John Wooden's granddaughter, and I used to actually be a coach myself at UCLA at Pepperdine, wow. and I run the John Wooden basketball camps. And he said, I'd love for you to work my camp. I said, really? Well, I don't live down here. He said, well, why don't you stay with me? And so this all happened in like five minutes of the camp being over. So uh, I say yes. I stay at his house. I end up meeting Coach Wooden. I got to know him. Uh, I didn't know one person in college coaching at this point and got in the door. And one thing led to another. I ended up becoming a a volunteer uh, assistant at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo while I was a student. And then I uh, ended up going to junior college at Cuesta Junior College and becoming a full-time assistant coach where I did a lot of recruiting and, and game uh, prep um, and just trying to get a full-time coaching position. And eventually I led 1999 Sacramento State University. Division One. got a chance to get in the door, get my feet wet. And uh, that, little, that summer, second summer, I was at Sac State. I uh, kept running into a guy named Damon Archibald, who was a current assistant at USC. And we just really got to know each other and sat next to each other at events and talked on the phone. And uh, just out of the blue, uh, he asked me one day, would you ever consider working or, you know, at USC? And I said, no, I, no, I, I'm at Sac State. I was excited to be there. And make a long story short, I get a call in my office out of the blue from Coach Henry Bibby. NBA coach, uh, they had just come off the lead eight at SC, and he uh, basically said, I'm going to get you an airplane ticket and fly you down, and I want to meet with you in person. And so two days later, I'm down there, and I meet with him. 30 minutes into the interview, he offers me the job on the spot. He says, when can you start? I said, you tell me. He said, be here Monday. Well, this was Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's good. I go, uh, I go, I go find, uh, I go right to uh, the newspaper, try to find a little apartment, found one, put a deposit down, jumped on the next plane, uh, went back home, got a U-Haul, packed everything up, had my friend drive my stuff down, moved in Sunday night and was in the office at uh, 7.30 a.m. Monday. Um, And uh, I was basically a a non-coaching position. It was like an ops assistant, um, paid $35,000. And uh, I was just happy to just to be in the door. I was, I was in the Pac-10. And then uh, I was there for 12 years. I went from the lowest position on the staff to the interim head coach in 2013. You know, I had experiences of beating UCLA on the road, beating Stanford on the road, 
being Arizona at home. On and on, we you know, we finished nine and nine. Um, we we produced another NBA player, Dwayne Dedman, uh, on that last year's team, and you know the rest uh, is history. From there, from there, I I didn't get the job permanently, which I thought I had a great chance of getting it. I went to UTEP, Texas El Paso, for four more years as an assistant. I then went to the University of Portland with Terry Porter, former NBA player. Um, and NBA coach, and uh, it was there for three years. And then now I'm just residing in Kansas City. Uh, took a little time off. I had a, a long-term contract there, which gave me an opportunity uh, to still get paid and have a little bit of free time. So I've been doing consulting, watching a lot of games, talking to a lot of coaches, trying to figure out my next move. But 23 years in coaching, uh, started from ground zero, didn't know one person, you know, end up being a Pac-10 head coach. Um, a lot to uh, be proud of. A lot of people to be thankful for. But a lot of good coaches that I've that I got a chance to work under. Yeah, what what, what an amazing story, coach. And I know uh, you you went from the ground up, as we say, right? And uh, not that the ground was anything uh, bad, but um, you started from from uh, um, grassroots and uh, kind of like we started our academy, right? And uh, and where we are now, it's uh, sometimes you know it's good to climb that ladder, but at the same time pause and look back and say, "Wow, you know," um, and appreciate the work and, and be thankful for for the journey. But um, speaking on your journey, we have so much in common. We've been friends for many years, and and uh, the high school and uh, coach and AD uh, didn't know that was up your your alley that you wanted to do that. And that's that's what I do now. I know we have Cal Poly in common. That's where we're both, we're both proud Mustangs, you know, but our introduction that ultimately led to our friendship for the last past 31 years was from your uncle, right? My good friend, Raul Ramirez. And uh, do you remember that dinner event he took us both to? We were both young puppies, yeah. you, me being at, at the high school level and you being at, at Sac State at the time. And, and uh, that's where we met the logo, Jerry West. Do you recall? Yeah, I, that was a great, great time, Jerry. I still have the picture from it. I've had it in all my offices wherever I've worked from that event. And uh, I remember when he called me and asked if I wanted to go, and I was so excited. And we met, and you were the JV coach, I think, at LSL at the time. And I remember talking to you about uh, – I had just started my own basketball camps, and I remember talking to you about uh, starting camps and, and your journey. I know you were kind of thinking about maybe trying to college level – uh, but you wanted to be a varsity coach, establish yourself. And when I see what, what you've done over that time period, it's really, really impressive with all the people that you've touched and the success that you've had and how many games you've won, but how many players that you've developed um, uh, is, is, is impressive. So, yeah, it's, it's really, really exciting to look back at how many years, you know, we've, we've been friends and we've been able to stay in touch. And even if we don't speak, you know, every week or two, I, I followed you daily through social media and and uh, i love uh i love your swag too on the on the bench you know i saw a cool photo of you with some some pink nikes and uh and i think a pink bow tie or something on the bench in one of your games but uh you definitely got the swag and i, I love uh what you do with the, all the different shoes and the, the colors you, you paint them and different things so i i've, I've been following all your little things but uh i'm thankful for the friendship and it's it's been neat but yeah that was a special night I love that and uh, forever uh, remember that. And I, I, I met Jerry West at an event, and I, I asked him if he remembered going to that and speaking. He said he did, and I told him I had met him there. So that was kind of neat. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, so many memories that came back to mind right now as you were speaking. Uh, uh, my son Josue, he's he's uh, he went and pulled out this picture. I have it here in my garage, and uh, um, yeah. this is it. You know, I had a full on stash going on, and it's funny because you know, you you we we there's very few of us Latinos out there. You know, um, you know, especially you at the at the college level doing amazing things, but um, um, you know admire and look up to you as role models because uh the, the dressing up thing uh funny story um we we do that at our games and i i that's one of our um rules in, on, on our, in our program to the non-negotiables right we dress up for games this is business like just go take care of business and and we go do our job and then come back and then we back to normal life but um the influence for me on a personal level was uh my senior year playing in a CCS uh, playoff game here at local junior college here, Hartnell College. And uh, we played against Andrew Hill from San Jose. And their coach was a, a Mexicano coach. And uh, when, when he walked into the gym, we all were like, look it. We, we didn't expect a coach to look like us and because that was rare back in the days in the 80s. And uh, we were just like caught off guard, like, look at their coaches. They're all Mexican. <laughs> and they were just dressed in these suits and shiny shoes. And they just looked legit. And I remember like, wow, and maybe that was my trigger point that said, you know, I want to coach one day and I want to, if I do, I'm going to dress up and it's going to be a, 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 a statement more of like, I've earned this, you know? Right. Right. That's great. That's awesome. Well, you look good. <laughs> Thanks coach. Uh, coach, I just want to touch on uh, something. Fox sports once recognized you as the top assistant coach in college basketball. How important is it for coaches to know and master their role? Well, you know, that was, it's nice to be, uh, you know, mentioned with some of the, the top coaches in the country. And um, it's, uh, it takes a lot of good players and to work with good coaches at good places, you know, to have a chance to be recognized like that. I was fortunate enough to be around, uh, you know, work for four different coaches that are all coaches that, that were in the NBA at some point. So it was uh, easy to sell them to recruits. Uh, we signed some really high level recruits. We had I think 14 NBA players uh, that I've had that I've worked with, uh, recruited or coached. And so that helps you get recognized. Um, you know, when you, you, you get in this business, I got in it for the love of the game. Um, wasn't a great player, but I loved it. I love to motivate. I love to teach. I love to see kids grow. I love the relationships. I never did it to be ranked or to be told you're the greatest or this and that, that kind of comes in time. And that was, that's fun. That, that's nice. Uh, you know, something that's, you know, in your bio and that will always be part of uh, your past. Um, but uh, it's not necessarily, you know, what motivated me to, to be a coach, but um, there are a lot of, a lot of good coaches out there and uh, a lot of competition, but uh, having a chance, you know, to work at, at a USC and recruit, you know, top, top players in the country uh, is not easy. But, you know, we did get some good ones, and that, that helps get recognized. So, um, but, no, it's, 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 it's definitely humbling, but uh, it's exciting at the same time, too. No, that, definitely, um, that definitely puts into perspective, right? Like, you're not doing it for the accolades, but more, like, for the love of the game. And really, um, and, and definitely you have got a lot of accolades, right? Like, many sources have noted you as one of the best recruiters in the nation, especially for in the 2007 class when you guys recruited O.J. Mayo. 
I know my dad's um, told me a lot of stories about that. <laughs> um, so I was just wondering if you could like speak on that. Like, what do you look for in, in high school players when you're recruiting them? Like, and how, what role does social media play now nowadays? Well, first thing I look for is talent. You know, can you play? How good are you? Are you a difference maker or are you a role player? And you know, I got to put a team together, so I need a mixture of everything. Uh, you know, we need guys that can defend. We need length. But I look for how 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 hard do you play, and do you love the game? You know, this obviously this is after you've got to be talented enough. And then I look at upside. You know, do you have the potential to be better? And who are you going to be? And my job is to project. You know, who are you going to be in the next two, three, four years? You know, because I'm looking at you as a sophomore, freshman, junior in high school, and I don't know who you're going to be when you arrive on our campus. Um, and, you know, I, I really look for motor. You have to be a high-level guy that really competes. And usually, most of the time, I, will, I will only want to recruit guys that come from winning programs because losing will bother them. And it makes a difference. You know, guys that become complacent and accept losing it, it makes it really tough and the college level is so competitive uh, that i need i need a combination of all those things um and uh you know you 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 want to recruit you know we recruited back-to-back -back years og mayo and demar DeRozan, uh both nba players number three pick and i think demar was number five or nine or something like that you know demar's team usa nba all-star OG had a good career in the NBA, but it was a little shorter than people thought. But both, you know, recruited by everybody in the country, Carolina, Duke, you know. When we recruited, you know, we go in and go see OJ at his school, and, you know, Billy Donovan's walking out of the gym, and Tubby Spence walking out of the gym as we're walking in. They just have meetings with them. And, and uh, you know, we're, we're going in there with our suit and tie, and we go and sit down and, you know, give our pitch. Um, for us, with you know, with, with OJ, he wanted to come west to LA because of the media. And uh, with Demar, he was from Compton and he was a local. And then we got Devon Jefferson, who was from LA, who was a number five player in that class. And we got Leonard Washington, who was player of the year in Louisiana, uh, who um, wanted to come west. And uh, we got Marcus Simmons in that number one class, who was the best defender in the Pac 12 for four years. And from Louisiana, and um, uh, I forgot who the other one was. We, we got your mama to DR, I think, was part of that class, too. Yeah. So, anyways, it was ranked number one by ESPN and by Hoop Scoop and by a bunch of these. And that's impressive. And then we had uh, other classes that I don't know, I think we've had five or six that were top 10 classes. And even at UTEP, we had, a, I think, number nine or 10 class. Uh, Portland, we had a pretty highly ranked class. So, now the key to it, obviously, is 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 finding the right players, but you know you got to stay committed to them. But now, like you said, with social media, things have changed. So what what I've done is I got to be active in social media, so I can stay on top of them. Who are the players out there? Because I'm going to get leads on players through social media. I'm going to see videos, okay. But also, I want to see what kids are posting on social media. I want to see how they act. Because those are things that are real important when you're evaluating a kid and you're going to give him a $60,000 scholarship to go to a place like USC. Um, so, so social media has changed everything. And, you know, right now with this pandemic, coaches can't go out and recruit. So right now all the recruiting is social media and video. So you're, you're watching video and you're sitting there recruiting a kid through Zoom that you've never 
get a chance to go see and you've never met them, you've never done a home visit, and they're going to show up on your campus and meet you for the first time. So things have changed a lot. So social media is definitely playing a big role. I mean, I can pretty much now get a hold of any kid in the country within, you know, a minute and just go on their Twitter and message them. You know, but if you're a coach, they're going to follow you back quickly. They usually do. And then you just message them and, uh, and then you get your the phone number from there. But uh, a lot of kids, you know, interact through messaging through uh, Instagram or Twitter, and they'd rather do that than texting or, or calling. And so you spend most of your time on your phone uh, recruiting kids that way. And I think the, the ones that are most persistent, but also the ones that establish relationships with the kids get uh, the better chance. So I try to be uh, in the middle. I'm a coach. I'm an adult. But you know what? I want to know what the kid's like. You know, I want to know what's – what, what's the hip stuff going on? You know, I want to show them, uh, you know, my new shoes and see if they like them. They think my, my new uh, Nikes are cool or not. You know, or I'll throw on some Jordans or something to see if they remember yeah. those from when I played, you know, that kind of thing. And just fun things, you know, to, to establish a relationship but getting to know the parents, getting to know the coaches around them. It's a nonstop 24-7 opportunity uh, where you might hit 10 different people through social media for one recruit now imagine if you're recruiting you know 25 50 kids so um to be good you got to be thorough but you have to be uh really active in social media so between uh twitter facebook uh snapchat you know now you got tiktok you got all these different things you're able to really um you know, track down kids and, uh, and get leads. You know, you see a video on a kid and I didn't know about them and it looks kind of talented that I can follow up or somebody sends me um, a text and says, Hey coach, I'm, I'm living in the South and I just went to a high school game and this kid's, you know, pretty good. Um, so there's just a lot of ways that things have changed in recruiting from when I first got into this. Thank you, Bob, for that. And, uh, Tapping into it a little bit more, a little deeper for, for our podcast listeners and specifically our, 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 our parents, you know, and of course the potent, the athletes that want to aspire to play division one uh, basketball or any sport in general, for that matter. Um, what mistakes have you seen um, that the youth have made on social media? What, what, what has there been a, a story or two about, uh, a mistake that you've seen a kid make by posting or reposting something that inappropriate to where it's like, oh my God, this kid has just, he just dug his own grave here and, you know, nobody's going to want him or I'm stopping recruiting him, you know, because we talk about that a lot in our academy at the high school as AD and his coach and about like, just be careful, monitor your kid's social media because one mistake can really hurt them. Yeah, there's a lot of examples, you know, and just in general, I think kids uh, over, over hyping themselves, um, you know, talking about their stats, uh, you know, being uh, overly quote unquote ranked by, you know, um, just supposedly services that, you know, it's more like, hey, uh, paying for, my parents are paying for this service and, you know, they're going to, you know, pump me up. And, you know, you got to be as good as, as uh, you, you know, as, as you really are. I mean, you can't make yourself up to be someone you're not. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you a quick funny story. There was a kid, and I won't say his name, but he established a, a fake profile online, uh, me not knowing it. Um, 
was a, a supposed to be a six, eight kid. It was real athletic and talented and had some clippings and somehow had articles written about him and rankings. And uh, he had been reaching out to different coaches in the PAC 12 and saying that, Hey, UCLA uh, recruiting me and then, Hey, USC is recruiting me. And so three or four coaches in the PAC 12 were recruiting this kid. I go to the high school to go see him and his coach doesn't call me back. And the kid calls me and says they work out at three o'clock. And so I show up at three o'clock and there's a, a volleyball game going on, JV. So I text the kid. And I said, well, where are you? And he says, oh, you know, I'm on my way. I'm on my way. And um, this kid comes around the corner. He's about five, six. He's wearing Vans. And he's got, uh, uh, he's got like a ponytail. No. And I said, I said, hey, I, are you so-and-so? And he goes, yeah. I said, well, you're not 6'8". He goes, yeah, yeah, I am. And he got on his tippy toes. <laughs> and, uh, I said, I said, what, what, what are you doing, man? You know, I'm a college coach. I came here to see you work out. And so I, I, I kind of let the kid have it a little bit and said, you're wasting my time. So I get in the car and I'm driving to wherever I was going next. I called my buddy who's at Arizona State. I said, are you recruiting this kid? He goes, yeah, you know, I'm going to go see him next week. I said, no, you're not. Let me tell you what to happen. I went to the store and he goes, I can't believe that. He goes, I thought there was something weird about that. And then I finally got a hold of the coach and he told me that this kid, that he's like uh, been suspended from school. He's lying. He's got all these issues. Wow. And he thinks he's an NBA basketball player. And he made all these phony online stories about himself. And I thought he was, you know, this six, eight uh, guy was ranked like top five <laughs> in the crazy. state. And he had a, pro a rival's profile and everything. And it, would, it didn't even look like him. It was the craziest <laughs> thing ever. Oh, and my so, God. Uh, yeah, so it, that was that was nuts. But I think the mistakes is parents um, just being just too involved. You know, the, the LeVar Balls of the world. You know, I, I just think you need to back off, let your kids be who they are, guide them, give them um, guidance where needed, but, but, but not too much, you know. And then kids, be careful what you post because everything you're posting – it's there forever, and 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 uh, when we're going to invest money in you as a recruiter, I, I need to know who you are. So if you're saying things and using language that's inappropriate, or or you know just just in general not being very professional, um, then I know you're going to be that way with us, and we may not want that. So be careful what you write, what you text, and um, but but also utilize it as an opportunity to have a voice. And, and to to promote yourself, but but not over promote. And I think there's something yes. in the middle. Uh, it could be beneficial to, to you in your recruitment. Well, great message, Coach. Um, I want to go back to as you mentioned before. You've played with, um, you've coached a lot of talent. You've coached 14 NBA players and five first round NBA draft picks. Have you ever taken a step back to reflect on this accomplishment? And if you have, you know, how does it feel? Well, I probably didn't do that until just this last year, you know, really when I've been out of coaching and then with COVID, I haven't really been able to do a lot of consulting, which is what I was doing and traveling and watching practices. But when you sit back and, and you're, you're just kind of taking it all in and you go, wow, you know, and, and that's impressive. And I have all the jerseys of our, our, our first round picks that we've had and, got a lot of pictures and things and I kind of you know, had more time to go through them and I started looking back and I go, 
that that was a good run. You know, it was, it was a heck of a run. And a lot of coaches never coached one NBA player. Um, and for us to have that many, you know, we weren't at, at Kentucky or Duke or those places. I mean, USC is a high level. You know, we had a few at UTEP as well. Um, but but it's not it's it's high major and, and stuff. But it's it's definitely not the elite of the elite. And so it was a great run. And the other thing is, some of these guys they uh, they weren't straight out. They weren't Demar and OJ necessarily. I mean, real quick, Dwayne Dedman. I recruited him from Antelope Valley. Okay, my friend Dieter Horton calls me and says there's a six a seven kid that gray shirted. Uh, you know. He's not bad. Come look at him. And I come look at him like, man, eh, okay. He gives me a call in a year. He goes, remember that kid? He goes, uh, I told you about a year ago. He goes, he's 6'11 now. He goes, why don't you come back and watch him? So I came and watched him and he couldn't catch it, just ran, averaged four points, three rebounds. But I, I saw the upside and he had the motor. So we signed him at USC. People thought, what are you doing? This guy's averaging four and three. I said, okay, we'll see. Well, he came to SC, played two years, and now he's in his seventh year in the NBA. Dwayne Dedman, you know, with the highest uh, defensive efficiency in the NBA of big men uh, back-to-back years when he was with the Spurs and uh, never played high school basketball and uh, grew and, uh, you know, we took him. Nikola Vucevic, one offer. Um, and Nikola is one of the most productive big guys in the NBA for the Magic. You know, he's made over $100 million. Yes. You know, a very efficient player. No one knew him, wasn't ranked. Uh, none of you know, Taj Gibson didn't have a ton of recruitment. Um, and, you know, he's, he's, uh, I think the Knicks just picked him back up. So he's like in year 13, you know, and, and just on and on. We just, there's just so many of them that uh, didn't have that type of billing like DeMar. I mean, DeMar is probably, you know, DeMar is, he's an elite, high level NBA player. Uh, and I thought OJ could have been that. And he just had too many distractions, and um, but he but he had the talent. But all the other guys we had were, you know, guys that we had to develop, and we had to get in the gym and work and work. And uh, so that's what I'm really proud of. So when I reflect on those things, I look at God. I didn't think so and so would be that good, or or you know, why didn't we take this guy, or we had this guy and we didn't think he'd be that good, or vice versa. You know, uh, yeah. You, you just you really don't know. You have to go on experience. But I, I look back at it and, and, and smile and I go, God, those those are some good years. And, and I still feel young enough where I, I want to make another run and, and try to get back to a place like an SC where we can recruit those guys. And I utilize yes. those experiences every day with coaches and with uh, recruits. When you can talk about that, you know, I also had you know Aaron Jones, the running back for the Packers. I oh, coached yeah. him at UTEP. Um, he played point guard for us and started a few games because wow, we had yeah. a couple kids that got injured and, and got in trouble. Um, uh, Greg Gunther played for the Titans. Uh, he was with us at SC. Um, uh, Cedric Lang was with the New York Giants, played starting power forward at UTEP. Um, so I've had three or four NFL guys as well uh, as, as the NBA guys. And so, uh, it's fun. It's, it's, it's exciting. And I love it. You know, uh, stay in contact with those guys. You know, so we had Swaggy P, Nick Young, had a great career, you know, uh, and uh, he's crazy, but, but, yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah it, it, it's fun. You know, I, I love, uh, you know, reflecting on those years. 
That's... And hopefully get some more down the road. There we go. I mean, those, those are crazy stories. Thanks for sharing that, Coach. I, mean, I didn't know Aaron Jones played basketball in college, so that's something new to learn, you know? Yeah, yeah. well, he played basketball in high school, and then he didn't play in college. I had to go recruit him out of the football office. Oh, wow. Because he was a point guard midseason, and so the coach let him play. And so uh, he came over, and uh, he ended up starting. I remember we went to Old Dominion, and he won the game for us. Uh, had about 14 points, and uh, you see his talent, you know, on the field. It's unbelievable. He's, he's a little guy now. He's not very big, but but he is quick, and he was quick with the basketball too. So I knew he was going to be pretty good in the, in the NFL. So that's uh, that's pretty exciting. Wow, awesome. that's cool. And now um, I was wondering if you could switch it up a little bit, and we could talk about more about your kind of basketball camps. I know I had the privilege of attending uh, my brother as well and my cousin. We all went when we were younger um, to your basketball camp in Paso Robles. So I was wondering, like, um, yeah. um, how does it feel like giving back to your community and like, why is it important to, to give back to, to where you come from? Well, because yeah, I think that's what it's all about. I, I don't think you can ever forget where you grew up. And, you know, I grew up in Paso Robles uh, with living. You know, I never got to go to camps. There really wasn't any AAU like there is now. There wasn't these uh, clinics and there wasn't workout guys and all the things you have now. And so for me to have all this experience – and be able to go back to where I grew up. Uh, I have camps in Paso Robles, you know, where, where I actually grew up, and then in San Luis Obispo, which is 30 minutes away. So the whole central coast of 250,000 people, I'm able to attract. Um, you know, we broke the 10,000 mark um, recently, where over 10,000 kids have attended over, uh, this is the 25th year this summer. So that, that that's pretty, pretty, pretty fun. But, I mean, you know, we've done a lot of scholarships for kids, uh, a lot of programs, um, you know, where uh, if, if you want to come to camp and you can't afford it, I have you write me an essay and tell me why you want to come to camp. And I raise the money uh, and a different fund to pay for scholarships for kids to come to my camp. Um, you know, it's not just about being a good player. It's about learning teamwork. You know, what does it mean to be part of something? Uh, winning and losing and understanding both. Um, having a great attitude. Um, you know, just uh, looking someone in the eye when you're talking to them, all the basic life uh, things that you're trying to teach young kids that you do in a week of basketball camp. And uh, we give away, you know, great, great Nike gear and NBA jerseys. And we give away tuition passes. We give away, uh, we have a money shootout. We do, you know, a lot of fun stuff. Um, but we do a lot of teaching as well. And, you know, I, I think that, you uh, you look at all these kids that have come through, you know, I don't, I don't do it for the money. I do it because um, I want, whether some of these kids becomes a coach or not, is not about that. It's, it's giving a kid an opportunity to believe in themselves and give them confidence for whatever they're currently doing, whether it's playing sports or not playing sports and just being a better student, being a better neighbor, being a better brother, sister, you know, we talk about doing the right thing and doing your job and, all these things. Um, and I think it's just important. And I've been able to have the freedom from all the coaches I worked for to get away for three weeks of summer to go run these camps. And, you know, they've just continued to grow and grow. And it's been the biggest activity in the central coast in the summer. Mm. And it's something that I love doing. I'm there every day. I've only missed three days of camp, you know, in 25 years, I've been there every day. So, I, um, I really enjoy it. And I just think uh, when you do something like when you're in a position as a coach, teacher, 
uh, I think it's important to to not only uh, teach basketball, right, but to prepare kids for what they're going to face in life. And when you think about a basketball game, you're going to be up 10, down 10, you're going to lose a player, you're going to have problems, you're going to have issues. It's life. A game of basketball is like life. And what happens in 40 minutes is like what happens in 40 years or 80 years, you know, of your life and kind of how it goes. So preparing them through a sport, through a camp, um, I think is a great way of impacting. And, you know, I go back in town and I'll go into Wells Fargo and the branch manager, hey, coach, how's it going? You know, I went to your camp, you know, 12 years ago. And, you know, uh, just on and on. I've got campers uh, whose kids now are in it. i got former players whose kids are in it. I've got teammates, classmates, you know, uh, family members, just a lot of people that I know or people that, uh, that I've been around for a long time that have come, come through the camps, you know, at all ages. And now what I do is 90% of my coaches are former campers. So if you came to my camp, I want to hire you back because you've already been through it and you can wow. give back. Wow. And so that's a big part of what I do. So that's something that's neat for your program, Jose, is getting those former kids in your camps to come back and be the volunteer counselors, uh, volunteers, coaches, uh, assistants, snack bar assistants, whatever you need, but getting them back involved. Uh, when I can stand up there in front of 100 kids and say, all these coaches, these 15 coaches all went to the camp. I think that's, that's, that's special and it's fun. Oh, and, yeah. You know, we've also produced, I produce, if you go to my website, cantucamps.com, we've produced a lot of coaches. You know, Kenny Deweese, full-time assistant of Wyoming, he worked my camp and got his start, you know. They got, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of coaches, either D1, high school, that, that got experience working my camp. Um, and, um, you know, and then other people. Shane Kupperman worked my camp. He's assistant general manager of the Pelicans now. Wow. You, you, know, um, you know, Coach Bibby, who you guys just had on, you know, he, he came to my camp and worked it uh, one summer. And, um, you know, so just a lot of different, different people and different stories. But, you know, if there is another Bob Cantu down the road that wants to be a coach and uh, he can take my experiences and use that as motivation to do the same or similar, more power to him. You know, so not only am I having opportunity for the kids, but I'm also having an opportunity to mentor coaches as well. There we go. And I think you forgot to mention that I worked your camp as well, man. <laughs> He did. He did a very good job too. Thank you. He did a great job. Thank you. You know, thank you for um for for all the wisdom and advice and 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 nuggets you you threw at at our listeners and ourselves. Uh, Um it's it's been an amazing podcast. We're gonna we're gonna wind this down this interview down with uh the the last section uh portion of our show. Yeah, we call it the carne asada because we're gonna put you on the grill with some quick fire questions. You ready for okay. this, Bob? Yeah, we're yeah. gonna get Richie going. Start us off. All right, All right. awesome. First question up: uh, Do you prefer Nike or Adidas? Nike. Good answer. <laughs> What's your favorite basketball movie of all time? Um, Love and Basketball. Awesome, great Good one. choice. All right, would you rather watch an intense NCAA game or an intense NBA game? NC two A. Yep. Okay. Last question. This is, this is an important one. 
Are the Lakers going back to back this year? Oh, come on now. Back to back. Come on back now. To back. Yes, sir. Lake, <laughs> you heard it right here. Lake show. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, man. That's how we started. Isn't that funny how everything comes in a full circle? That's how we started the show. So much in common and our friendship for so many years. And um, we we share very similarities. And, and you went on you went on to the path where you it was your calling, you know, and I, I chose mine and and we're we're both uh, living our dreams, as we said, right? So, Bob, thank you for 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 being on the show, man. It's it's been an amazing uh, uh, you know time here with you, listening to your stories, and and uh, keep on doing what you're doing, man. Thank you so much, and uh, really value our friendship through all the years. And thanks for having me. And anything else I can do to to help with what you're doing up there. Um, please, uh, please let me know. And Bob is part of the Latino Basketball Association, and you guys could find information on social media. He's part of this fraternity of, of coaches and uh, Latino coaches to to empower them, to support them, and and so um, you know because of people like Bob, uh, there's young youngsters out there that that can use uh, that friendship, that fraternity of support. So uh, make sure you guys. Uh, Look into that as well and uh, join join the, that association, Latino Basketball Association. So that's our show for today. We'd like to thank our guest, Bob Cantu. Uh, Coach, thank you for being here. And on behalf thank of the GBA family, keep leading with Ganas. Thank you for listening to Ganas, leading from the heart. If you found this podcast episode interesting, please make sure to share with your family and friends. We have a valuable collection of episodes with inspiring guests. We'd appreciate if you subscribe to our show, Ganas, Leading from the Heart.